This is a Gulf Stories moment, made possible by the University of West Florida Innovation Institute. Hello again, everyone, from the University of West Florida's Innovation Institute. My name is Christian Garvin. Glad to have you with us for another Gulf Stories moment. My guest today, Dr. Alexis Janicek. She's certainly been with us before. Associate Professor from the Department of Biology at the University of West Florida. And today we're talking about eDNA fish metabarcoding in the Gulf of Mexico. Dr. Janicek, how are you? Good. Happy to be here. Glad to have you back. So, eDNA fish metabarcoding. Let's sort of break that down sure. word by word. Let's start with eDNA. What is okay. that? Okay, eDNA is environmental DNA. That's the trail of DNA that an organism leaves behind in an ecosystem. So they're sloughing off DNA from their scales, mm-hmm. from their slime, from their urine, and so on. And that's in the ecosystem surrounding them. And I go out and I collect water and filter the water and try to target that eDNA. Uh, metabarcoding. What is metabarcoding? Metabarcoding is like taking attendance. So we're basically um, gathering all of these pieces of DNA from this water sample. And then we target the DNA in there with a specific primer that's universal to all fish. And so I'm basically saying in that water sample, who's here? And so I'm looking to catalog every fish that's in that sample. So taking attendance. Is the work really specifically just about who's here? Or once you know who's here, do you take deeper dives into more on that? Well, right now, eDNA metabarcoding is only at presence absence. So Got that's it. the most we can say. Hopefully one day this field will get to more about abundance or life history stage or maybe even sex. But right now it's all about presence or absence. So it really is attendance. It is. Roll yes. call. <laughs> yes. Tell us the, the why. What it, What is it that this will tell you? Why does this really matter? Well, this is a n- newer tool in a way that we can sample fish in the Gulf of Mexico. So there are lots of conventional methods, and they are great, but they have limitations just as every tool. And there are limitations with eDNA as well. But in combination, if we take this eDNA data and compare it to conventional data, we hope to get a greater picture of what's actually there in terms of taking attendance for these fish. It'll give us a, an indication of elusive things or rare things or cryptic things, things that hide. Um, things that hide from a camera when a camera is put down or things that are attracted to a camera. There's some bias that can be introduced with that. Um, And this will hopefully, in combination with those other types of sampling methods, give us a greater picture of who's there. So, Dr. Janicek, how do you pick an area? And mm. and what defines an area? How big? How small? What are we talking about? We're talking about reefs. So we're talking about reefs in the Gulf of Mexico. And the, we're specifically targeting reef fish. So these are fish that utilize these types of habitats. Um, and so there are a bunch of hard bottom reefs across the Gulf, from the Western Gulf to the Eastern Gulf, all the way down to the Keys. And we have um, a bunch of different sites that have been selected as a part of a bigger group for a, a variety of different sampling methods. And that's where we'll continue to sample over the next five to 10 years for these fish. And as you're doing that, do you find, have you found that one reef to the next to the next, they vary greatly? Are they all quite similar? They can. They can be site-specific, they can be habitat-specific, or there can be a bunch of shared characters or shared individuals across different species Mm -hmm. across the different reefs. It really depends on each specific site. And does that tell you something when you find the same things in many or when you find one specific thing here and not there? Is that revealing in some way? It can be. It can say that these resources are located in this particular place and this particular species needs those resources and that warrants greater protection for that particular area. Um, Whereas if they're spread across the Gulf of Mexico, they're utilizing similar resources and that might not be as dire straits in terms Mm -hmm. of 
protection in terms of endangered or threatened species. Lastly, I'll ask, obviously you focus in on the Gulf of Mexico. I'm mm-hmm. sure this work is being done all over the world. Do you and other researchers like you who are doing this in other places, do you all share this data or is it so specific to bodies of water that that's not valuable? Um, we do share this data. It's it's a bigger part of cataloging biodiversity on the planet and recognizing what's there um, before it disappears because it's going away um, mm-hmm. at an alarming rate. And so this is a way to to say, here's what's here in our ecosystem in the Gulf of Mexico, and then other other places can compare that, can compare methods, because this is still in development as well, figuring out the best way to do this too. Dr. Alexis Janicek talking about eDNA fish metabarcoding in the Gulf of Mexico from the University of West Florida's biology department. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. For more Gulf Stories moments, visit wuwf.org slash podcast or go to the podcast page of npr.org.